he's a really he's just a good guy to have in your organization he's um you know he's i guess most known he he, he really does go for those charges on the defensive end but yeah i just don't think he's got quite enough accolades i mean Friday, November 27th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host TV. We are back again with another collab. Today we are interviewing um, the person behind the inter- um, the account at trendbas underscore basketball on Instagram. And he also has a website, trendbasketball.com. Um, he is a writer. He does a lot of stuff like NBA related. If you check out his website, he um, does scouting rep- he did scouting reports before the draft. He did some out off-season outlooks for basically all the teams in the NBA, and we have him on the show today to um, discuss um, his career path, um, just stuff regarding the NBA draft and NBA off-season, and we also did had another round of Hot, Cold, or Just Right, where we talk about some of the players' probability chances of going into the Hall of Fame. It was a really fun episode. I really hope you go check him out. All of his links will be found in the description of this video. It can be also be found in my link tree if you choose to check there as well. But yeah, it was a really fun episode. Thank you to Jacob for coming on and um, with the NBA season coming um, soon. All of these off-season pods are going to like be ending soon and I'm going to be start going with the previews. So look out for that. And yeah, I really hope you do enjoy this uh, this episode. It was a really fun conversation and... Yeah, remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. If you're on YouTube, remember to leave a like and drop a subscription. Um, that would be very much appreciated. And remember that um, to um, support on all the podcast networks, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. All those links can be found in my bio or in my link tree. But yeah, with all that out the way, let's throw it over to my past self along with Jacob and yeah hope you all have a fantastic day take it easy guys and enjoy the episode so guys i'm here with another friday podcast and you know we're gonna have a guest this week we have a very special guest another guest from australia funnily enough um he is known as at trend basketball on instagram and he also has a website trendbasketball.com his name is jacob what's how's it going my dude hey man how you going thanks for having me good to be here yeah, um, we're here to talk about NBA basketball. We're here to talk about his website, what you can expect from him. Before we get started, do you have any plugging you want to do, like of your website and all that? Yeah, I'll chuck a plug in there. So um, you can find my website, uh, trendsbasketball.com. Um, you can find my Instagram, uh, trend underscore basketball, and uh, associated, you know, Twitter and Facebook and everything that goes along with that. All right, perfect. Um, yeah, we're doing this right now. Um, on a Tuesday, I believe, Wednesday over there, if you're in Australia, correct? Wednesday afternoon over here, yep. Yeah, perfect. And, yeah, we're just here to talk some NBA basketball, talk about his um, um, page and all that. So, yeah, let's get into it. How's the pandemic been for you over there in Australia? Yeah, look, it's been it's been interesting. Um, it hasn't been as hard, hard hit for us over here, I don't think. Um, we, we went through a bit of a lockdown stage in back in March, but um, we've been getting back to, to life as we know it. Um, for the most part, we've got, you know, sold out sporting events. Um, I think we had 50, 55,000 people at a, a sporting event, um, just a few weeks ago. 
the you know the only thing you notice is if some people wearing masks, social distancing, hand sanitizer in shops. But um, apart from that, there's there's not too much impact for us, which has been really really good. Yeah, it's definitely a different case over there than it has been in the Americas. I know that picture of going around, like I know exactly what that event you're talking about is because it's been like trending around here in America and it's everyone's debating like, oh, you know, Australia is definitely handling it a lot better. If we did these things kind of beforehand, we could have definitely prevented it from, from spreading even more. But, you know, happy for you guys. You, you guys are definitely handling this pandemic pretty well and everything is um, going pretty well over there for you guys. It definitely sounds like. So, yeah. yeah. Um, when did you start to do this um, website thing, this page? Like, what, like, what caused you to start all of this? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it all started about about six months ago, I'd say, for me. Um, you know, being an avid avid NBA fan, um, yeah. avid Golden State fan for for many years now. Before before our successes. Um, that's what they all say. <laughs> that's what they all say. I know. I know. Um, yeah. You know. You ask me about Monte Ellis. I can tell you about him. So that's yeah, that's what enough. I get to get out of that. You know. Yeah. So. Um, you know, being all into that, I, I just looked at, you know, how can I get into the industry? Um, it's a very difficult industry to get into, um, as I'm sure you know as well. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no, there's no distinct path to get to where you want to go uh, within, you know, within basketball. So um, I just started writing about it and, um, you know, launched a website, launched an Instagram. Hopefully, you know, the goal to, to reach, reach as many people as I can, but um, also, just to build that that experience and that repertoire, if I was to go into a job, you know. Yeah, a hundred percent. If if people like listening to this podcast are going into your page, are going onto your website, what type of content could they expect to go on if you if they do check the, um, your page out and stuff? Yeah, so a lot of my um, a lot of my contacts uh, content is um, mm-hmm. very analytical based. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just finished a series where I've gone into. Uh, each team and looked at their off season uh, and tried to preview it a little bit. Yeah. Um, looked at their depth charts and, and seeing how we can fill that out. Um, obviously that's past now, so we can see if I was right or wrong. I, I think I can tell you, I was not, not predicting a lot of the things that have happened in this last week, but um, yeah. you know, you'll be, you'll be seeing a lot of uh, those sort of series. So I'll, I'll uh, going forward, I'll be doing a bit of an, um, you know, uh, grading the off seasons and, um, then looking forward to next season and seeing, you know, um, what I think is going to happen, what what we can look for, um, what we can look forward to uh, in the coming season. Yeah, for sure, and it's definitely has been a weird off season for sure. Like the NBA season, it's already planning to happen in the next, like in less than a month from now, which is absolutely crazy. About a week till training camp. Yeah, even just like you saying it right now, just feels absolutely surreal at this moment. And with like, you know, with COVID still going on here in America, it definitely feels like it's going really um, fast, um, definitely. But at the same time, I, I think you could definitely agree with me here that we're just excited to have basketball like back on our screens as soon as possible. Absolutely. I'm just glad I don't have to wait three months just to have basketball back. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so like, I know like you have a, this um, website and all that, and you have this page that you're starting to build. What do you plan like going forward? Like, like, what do you, like, want to, like, go into sports media doing? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's a, it's a loaded question. You're, you yeah. never really know when you're just starting out. I've got a lot of avenues I'd love to go down. Um, if, it's, if it's sports writing and sports media, then, then that's great. Um, if it's coaching, I, I do a bit of coaching on the side. I have a, 
um, a juniors under 14 side um, that I coach uh, in their, you know, in their junior club. Um, and I also do some assistant coaching with some uh, under 21s rep team in, in, uh, in Brisbane in Queensland. So, wow. yeah. um, you know, just getting into that sort of stuff and getting involved um, is really all I'm, all I'm looking into. Obviously it's nothing that pays at the moment. Um, yeah. So, you know, a job in, MB, in, in basketball that, that pays, that's the dream, you know, you yeah. talk about the sport that you love for, for money. Yeah. Going back to like your coaching, like you, you say you coach like under 14 year olds and you also are assistant coach for under 21 year olds. Like what is like the big difference, like coaching, like basically high school kids compared to like college kids, like at this level, at that level. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, oh, it's massive. So, yeah. um, you're looking at your under 14s and it's all about, it's all about development. Um, yeah. it's all about teaching them the, the, the fundamentals of basketball, you know, you yeah. keep your hands up on defense, get back on defense, you yeah. know, make the, make, make the easy passes, that sort of thing, get your rebounds. Um, and it's all about just developing them and, and getting them in love with the game of basketball. You look forward to your, uh, under 21s. We actually start our season, um, this weekend. Yeah. Um, we were just at training last night and we're going through our plays and our sets and, um, you know, running them down and running our press defense and our, you know, our, our inbound plays and our, all that sort of stuff. And it, it's a lot more technical and you, it's, it's all about getting it right. Uh, when, when the game's home comes, it's, uh, there's no point in, um, in learning once you get to the game, it's, you got to be ready. Yeah, for sure. Like I remember like being in varsity, like at like 13, 14 years old, it's definitely a lot different than being in varsity at the end of high school, beginning of college, just because, they just tell you to like, just like do these like simple plays and stuff like that. And then once you just keep progressing, they tell you to be here, then be over there. Like all these different defensive schemes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely hard being a coach. Like I can, like, like I remember like I've like the only thing I've been in, like in terms of basketball is being a referee and being a player sometimes, but Mm. being a coach, man, it's especially going into those two, um, two different levels, definitely very impressive. And it's like, hopefully you get like somewhere, um, like somewhere in that field, maybe even sports media. Well, yeah, I mean, we were um, we were one short last night, and I had to jump in and and run some of the plays with them in the scrimmage, and I was, really? I was lost, you know, you know, yeah. you got to hold your respect up, kind of things. I'm not, I'm not an athlete, I'm not a basketball player by any means, but yeah. it's just a whole different thing going uh, going from coaching to playing. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah for sure, hundred percent. So, um, when it comes to your like for the future of your um, content in terms of like the Instagram page and your um, in your website, like what do you plan on like doing forward and going into this, um, going to season and even maybe beyond? Yeah. So, um, I, I just want, I just want to watch basketball. I just want to talk about basketball. You know, that's yeah. all you're going to see from me. You're going to see, um, you know, throughout the season where I'm working, uh, breaking down on, on what the plan is at the moment, um, going into the season, obviously it's all happening so quickly, but yeah. you're going to see some previews. You're going to see some power rankings. You're going to see some of the major stories and, um, and, you know, we'll look forward into the, the award race and the playoffs and we're just going to talk about it. And that's really all um, we can do. Instagram wise, we're looking at going forward and um, getting some, you know, some polls going and some uh, debates and some, you know, lively discussion going on my page. And hopefully we can grow from that. Yeah, for sure. And if, remember, guys, all of his links will be down in my bio, in the description of this video, linked to his um, Instagram, Twitter, and his website. You definitely should check him out. He, I've checked out his website. He's written some really good articles. And honestly, like some of that stuff has actually helped me pre-draft when we were talking about this beforehand. So like, like some of those like scouting profiles that you've done actually kind of like 
gave me like a better understanding of those prospects, which is um, really cool. So you should definitely check out his page. Speaking of the NBA draft, it happened the last week. Um, definitely like one of those drafts where you, it's kind of like besides the top three, you really didn't know what was going to go on after that. And I just want to like, before we get into kind of some of the specifics, like what were you just your general thoughts on this year's draft? Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting draft. Um, it was it was very hard to predict. Um, I, I think I got I six, maybe six or seven of my first round picks correct. You know. Yeah. Um, I think I think the top three was was always going to be that the way it was. Yeah. Um, you know, I think most people would have would have thought Anthony Edwards to to Minnesota, uh, Wiseman to Golden State, and Lamelo to Charlotte. I think those yeah. were the easy picks, and I think those three have the biggest potential to. Um, you know, to go forward and potentially be an all-star in the future. But you look down the uh, the list and there was a lot of people that said, oh, it's a weak draft, you know, don't pay attention yeah. to this draft. And, it, and while it's it's not necessarily the, um, you're not going to get all-stars and Hall of Fame players out of this, there's a lot of really good, solid rotational guys that yeah. are going to come into this league and they're going to provide um, without necessarily starring. And I'm just really excited to, to, um, to see what they can bring to some of those, especially low-level teams. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely understand what you mean by trying to predict this draft. I only did like a lottery mock draft on my page. And I, if I remember correctly, I only got one right. And that was James <laughs> and that was James Wiseman going to the Warriors. I had Lamelo going number one to the Timberwolves, but obviously interchangeable with Anthony Edwards. Like he really could have gone either way there, but it felt like just like the rest of the draft, it just felt like a crapshoot at that point. Like anyone like really went anywhere, like Denny, Avija, like, like Denny fell down in the draft like a lot further than I, I thought. I actually got that one right. That was probably one of my few ones. Really? I, I was really happy with that. I um you got Patrick Williams Wizards? at number four. Oh, that really confused the heck out of me. That one. You know, like I don't know, I don't think anyone predicted that. And it, you know, as you say, it was just really um surprising. Uh everyone was going for um yeah. it seemed like just a random name at that point. Yeah, exactly. And as we just go like deeper into this draft, like I'm gonna ask kind of a few questions, like who do you think is kind of would be kind of the steal of this draft, like someone that you thought that um, a lot of people weren't really looking at and you think like would be like a really good addition to the team that they were drafted to? Yeah, well, I've got two. Um, one's a bit biased. I think Nico Mannion at 48 to the Warriors. I think oh, yeah. that was a really, really yeah. good pickup. Um, yeah. He was really, really good at the Hoop Summit. Um, if, if you look back to that, and yeah, I think I he can that. provide um, really well off the bench and, you know, develop into a place where he can one day... Um, you know, fit in the Steph Curry's role. Yeah. Um, obviously not at that level of shooting. Uh, oh, yeah. No one ever will, but um, he, he, he has a, the potential and the the pieces around him to really develop. Um, and 48, I think, was way too low for him. Yeah. Um, and then my, my other guy that I think uh, might be a little bit of a steal and it's probably a little bit biased again, but RJ Hampton at 24 to the, I believe he ended up at the Nuggets. Yes, um, that's crazy. Fourteen trade. I don't. That was a really was, confusing fourteen trade. But yeah, yeah, he's was, on the Nuggets. He's on the Nuggets. Well, I was watching on on the on the draft, and he didn't know which hat to put on. I think they threw the hat across the uh, across the room. Yeah, um, I think he was the wrong hat. But yeah. he um look, he's come out of our league over in Australia and New Zealand, and yeah. um he does have his faults, but I think he's for some for whatever reason he's dropped a fair bit um yeah. with his draft stock over the last few months. But I think he can really provide um on the Nuggets backing up Jamal Murray and 
Um, I believe Tory Craig. I don't know if he's still there. Um, oh, he, he he's, on. he's on the box. He's on the box now. He's moved on now. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. um, I think he can really back up that backcourt quite well. Um, and you know, again, develop into a good rotational piece. We'll see how he goes, but I think twenty-four might be a bit low for him. Yeah, like I, I, the Denver Nuggets seem to have done this over the last few years. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. going at fourteen for them was an absolute steal. Even last year, when you look at Bull Bull dropping all the way down to the second round, like not a lot of yep. people were expecting that, and they were able to pick him up, and he just resigned like a deal, two years, five million there. So they had some nice young pieces there, and maybe R.J. Hampton will definitely um, def- um, just fill like fit right in with that young core that they have. We talk about like the the biggest deals of the draft. Like, who do you think is like people are kind of too high on, and you think that is like kind of like you should be kind of like weary or kind of like. Um, kind of cautious with like go like going forward into these like um, first like these guys careers yeah so it's been a, obviously been a lot of talk about patrick williams um yeah. and why he went number four um there was a lot of talk of him going to detroit at seven and i thought even that was maybe a bit high yeah um you know he's a he's he's a solid defender and he can he can potentially you know stretch a four and you know be a good three and d sort of guy but i just don't I don't see it. He didn't start a single game in college. Um, And while he did average the most minutes on his team, um, he didn't fit in that starting lineup. And you got to wonder if he can't be that main guy on on a team in college, how can he he develop in in the NBA, which is just such a brutal league. Um, So yeah, Patrick Williams, number four, I think he's a little bit high. Yeah. And it really did confuse me with this pick um, for Chicago because in my mock draft, I had Tyrese Halliburton going there because I just did I. Yeah, I really did believe that, you know, him besides Zach Levine, who has defensive deficiencies in his own right, bringing someone like um, Halliburton, who's a big guard, who can defend, who's actually pretty good on the offensive end, not the most athletic, but I think he would have been a really nice fit with Levine. But he's a culture guy as well. Yeah, he's definitely a culture guy. And from all interviews, I mean, all the people love him. He has just like that kind of that bright personality and stuff like that. And it felt like a lot of people liked him, but and as we we talked about steals earlier, this guy dropped all the way to twelve <laughs> to the Sacramento Kings. Absolutely. And, and I think that that would have that's going to be a really good pickup for them, and they're really fortunate to have him at that position. But yeah, definitely agree with you there. Patrick Williams at number four, someone who's not very proven even at the college level, like you said, didn't come off. It was just coming off the bench throughout the entire season. I always want to believe that these guys know better than we do. Maybe the Bulls see something, but. As of right now, I definitely have to agree with you there. Let's transition to the to NBA free agency because this free agency has kind of been all over the place. Like pr- trying to predict where people have, have been going has been absolutely rough, even for free agency. Um, what do you think has been kind of the most surprising move out of like this free agency um, that's happened so far? Um, look, there's been a few really, really good pickups, I think. Um, across the league, but if I'm looking at most surprising, I'm looking at Gordon Hayward, 120 million four years to the oh, Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, um, came out of nowhere. I thought he's either you know Indiana, um, maybe New York would be dumb enough to pick him up, but yeah. 120 million for four years. He's he's 31. He's he's carrying some injuries, and unless he he can really blossom and become that star player like he was in Utah, um, it's not going to be worth it. They also you got to remember too. They've also um, stretched. Nicholas Batum with that. Yeah. So it's really, um, you know, $39 million a year to yeah. have Gordon Hayward on your team. Is that, I mean, is that worth it? I'm not, I'm not sure. Definitely I don't not. think it is. Yeah, definitely not. I, in my, in my um, last episode, I was just bashing the Hornets on that 
pickup because it really did feel like they were going in the right direction. They drafted Lamelo Ball, and it felt like you know this is kind of I wouldn't say that he's as good as Kemba Walker, but in terms of just like star aura, he definitely is like the biggest star that they've had there, probably in like in like almost like more than a decade or something like that. So it felt like they were going in the right direction, and I just think that this Gordon Hayward signing definitely does kind of set them back in that sense like you're completely right he is like a few years removed from his all-star days in Utah mixed in with a few injuries not only to his leg but to his um I believe it's his shoulders that happened in the bubble if I remember correctly I believe so yeah I believe it's something that had to do with his shoulders and yeah I just think it was a really very odd pickup um we go from most surprising like what team do you like or like yeah, let's let's go with what team. What team do you think like just didn't do enough like like during this free agency class? Like, yeah, like well, the most disappointing or most disappointing. Let's put it that way. I, yeah, I think of that, and I look at the Detroit Pistons have done a lot without doing a lot. Yeah. They, I feel like they've made something like twenty. I think it might be twenty three changes to their roster. Um, really? it, it's 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 maybe not that much. I might be you know misreading yeah. that a little bit, but they've made a lot of moves. Um, and I don't think they've gotten that much better. I really don't. Yeah. Um, they bought in way too many centers. Um, oh they, yeah. I think they paid way too much for Mason Plumlee. Um, yeah. And I just, I just don't think they've improved. And I don't think they, they look like a team that's going to improve going forward with this roster. Um, it just, they lost Christian Wood, which I, don't, I really don't think was a good decision. Um, yeah, just, to bring in, just to bring in Grant and Plumlee. It's, it's not an improvement. It's just you know, staying mediocre. Yeah, I mean, they definitely like they they definitely at least are trying to move forward with that um, draft pick of Killian Hayes at number seven. They definitely want to get, grab him as their guard for the future. But I definitely have to agree with you there. Jeremy Grant, three years, sixty million, is very, very interesting to be as it looks like at this very moment. Their number two player, like it, it really does not feel. Right to me, yeah. and then, like you said, all those centers—they brought in Mason Plumlee, they brought in Julio Local for it. Just, it just like, and then it just felt like you know you bring them in, and why couldn't you give that money to Christian Wood? Like it just—it it just didn't really make sense to me, and I definitely have to agree with you there. Um, we go, um, we go from that. We should, let's let's stay a bit more positive because those two last two were kind of like you know we're bashing two few teams. Like, what is your team to watch? I mean, there's there have been some like. Um, big moves that happened um, throughout this free agency. Like, what is like your team to watch? Like that kind of people are like holding under the radar after this um, free agency period. Yeah, so I've got I've got two teams which I'm really impressed by, and they they kind of make me a little bit nervous for next season. So yeah. um, I'll start, and I'll just go to Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I think they're looking like a really solid team. Um, you got the starting lineup of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Jay Crowder, and DeAndre Ayton with either Cam Johnson or, or Bridges in there. I think that's a really solid starting lineup. Um, yeah. Chris Paul's going to bring a lot of leadership to that team and he's going to be able to, to run their offense and take a bit of a load off Booker. Um, and if, you know, if Aiden can take another jump, especially defensively, they look like a really solid team that I think will definitely make the playoffs next season. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my other team there is um, Atlanta, especially after yeah. today, bringing in Bogey. Um, yeah. They've got now, uh, I don't know how they're going to work with um, with John Collins. I think he's now destined to end up elsewhere. Um, if not during the season, then then in the off season. But yeah. um, you know they've got a really solid starting lineup. I think bringing in Chris Dunn and 
Rondo were, were really good moves to, to help out Trey Young there. And Gallinari is just a really solid veteran that, that can shoot. And um, whether he comes off the bench or he starts, he's going to contribute. So they're another team that, you know, you can look to make the playoffs, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. The Atlanta Hawks definitely are the, probably the most um, busiest team throughout this NBA offseason. Bringing in Bogdanovich, um, obviously that whole like Milwaukee trade completely just went off the rails there. And they made him a good offer, and it felt. And I guess Kings looked at that and was like, you know, it it wasn't worth it. So they they were able to like just let him be, go as a restricted free agent, which is you don't see that very often nowadays, especially it's when really it's, rare. it's definitely very rare because you would think that oh, these guys are good assets, even if you don't want to have him on your team, you could just treat them as an asset. But the Kings let him walk, and you know the, the Hawks are definitely looking like that. Um, that team or that could maybe surprise a lot of people in the East. I want to go back to John Pond's point because I was definitely um, talking about this with like other people, like in my, in my group, like you talked about him maybe being able to like move on after the season. Like you, you don't think like he's like a good fit in Atlanta or like, do you think like he'd be a better fit elsewhere? I think, I think he's a good fit. I just don't think he's worth uh, what he thinks he's worth. I think when it comes to it, when it comes to restricted free agency, he's going to be wanting a max deal. Yeah. Um, and I think there's going to be teams that are, I hate to say it, but dumb enough to offer it to him. Um, yeah. And teams come to mind like New York. Um, yeah. They love their power forwards in New York. Oh, um, yeah. So, look, I don't think he's quite worth a, a max contract. I think you can bring in much, much more quality players um, to play for you. Like, for example, Gallinari. I think he yeah. can provide... Uh, just as much to the team, um, yeah. you know, without the price and without the ego. So while I think, yes, he is a very quality player and if he continues to, you know, improve at the rate he's improving, you know, he put up 21 points per game last season. Yeah. That's production. It's good. It's yeah. um, I, I don't want to knock him for that at all, but I just don't think he's right for the team moving forward if he does go forward and ask for a max contract. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like 21 points a game last year, 10 rebounds, double-double performance. I mean, obviously he missed out on quite a bit of that season just because of the suspension very early on. Yep. So there's definitely like some like questions about character there, but yeah, maybe it is like time for them to move off of him, but would there be anything that he did, like any sort of jump that he would take this season where you would kind of like change your view on him? Oh, absolutely. Like, if he yeah. can, if he can take that jump and um, especially defensively. Yeah. Um, and if he can continue to, to stretch a floor um, like he's been starting to do, then, then I think, yes, he can, you know, and, and I don't want to take it away from him. I think he can absolutely contribute to this team. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't see it quite yet. Um, But by all means, I want him to prove me wrong. I want him to get there. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, those are our free agency talks. Um, Leave it down below. If you like agree or disagree with any of the things that we talked about, we're going to move on to our next segment. And I, and this is a reoccurring segment that we've done with guests on the show. I like to call it hot, cold, or just right. So um, what do you have to do here is like, I'm going to give you a player um, and you have to tell me if you're um, really hot on them, just right, kind of neutral on them, or you're like cold on the idea. And today um, we talked about this beforehand. We're going to talk about Hall of Fame probability because a lot of like our, um, our childhood, like basketball uh, players, they're going to be retiring soon, and we have to. We're going to have to look at them and and kind of think like, are they Hall of Fame worthy? So I have a list of players here, and 
Um, I'm not sure if we're going to get through the whole list, but we're definitely going to like throw some at you and we'll maybe debate whether you believe they should go into the Hall of Fame or not. I also have the basketball reference Hall of Fame probability, which whether you take it or not, maybe they're reliable, maybe they're not. It's I, I Their system's kind of weird to me in that sense, but for the most I, part... I believe it, Steph Curry has a lower percentage than Russell Westbrook or James Harden. I can't remember which one, but I, I know, believe yeah, he's got a lower it, probability than them. Yeah, so like it's it's definitely kind of faulty. <laughs> so we're gonna that's what we're gonna discuss here. So the first player I'm gonna um we're gonna discuss is Dwight Howard. Um, he he definitely like he had probably his best years in the um mid to late 2000s. Kind of started getting started to slow down in the early 2010s. Got a really bad reputation. Finally won the the championship with the Lakers. Now he's with the 76ers after that whole debacle with him and that that tweet and everything. Probably one of the funniest moments of the offseason. Yeah. um, Basketball reference has him at a 99% Hall of Fame probability. So what do you think? Hot, cold, or just right on on, um, Dwight Howard's probability in the Hall of Fame? I'd say I'm just right on that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think his, his championship really helped him. Um, yeah. I think that's what, what put him over the edge. I mean, he's a three-time defensive player of the year. Um, yeah. And a lot of people forget about that. Um, yeah. But, you know, he, he's just, uh, he, he did have those, those couple of seasons where he was questionable at best, you know. Um, yeah. But look, I think he's, he's re- re- rejuvenated his career and he's back to that, that defensive, um, just dog on the defensive end, really. Um, yeah. and, and I think, you know, you look at his resume, eight-time All-Star, um, two-time block champ, five-time rebound champ, five-time all-defensive, um, eight-time all-NBA. It's just, you know, I think it's just it's too much. Just, he's he's got to get in. Yeah. Like, if you, like, like, if you asked me, like, two, three years ago, especially with, like, the way that his, like, reputation was just, like, going through the toilet, I could have maybe argued that he doesn't. But at this point, I mean, he rejuvenated his career, got that NBA title, and he's like, you just you just have to put him in there at this point. Like, there's just, there's no kind of arguing it. You've listed off all his accolades there. He's just too much of, like, he's done, like, way too much for this league um, to, like, not be in the Hall of Fame. So I definitely have to agree with you there. I am I'm just right on that probability of him going to the Hall of Fame. Next player we're going to be discussing is Kyle Lowry from my end, the Toronto Raptors. Um, on basketball reference, he has an 86% um, Hall of Fame probability. He won an NBA championship last season. Um, didn't really have a great start to his season, but he definitely started to pick it up when he joined the Toronto Raptors. What do you think? Do you think he um, are you hot, cold, or just right on his probability? I'm in the Hall of Fame. Eighty-six percent, did you say? Yeah, eighty-six percent. I think that's a little high. Um, a little high. And I, I, I love Carl Lowry. I really do. Um, I don't love him as much after beating our, um, my Warriors, but yeah. Um, I, I think he's a really, he's just a good guy to have in your organization. He's, yeah. um, you know, he's, I guess most known, he, he, he really does go for those charges on the defensive end, but yeah. I just don't think he's got quite enough accolades. I mean, he's, he's, he's a six time all-star, um, you know, one time champion, one time all NBA. I just don't quite think it's enough. Um, but we'll see. I think, I think 86 is, is maybe a little bit high. I'd put in more of a 50 or 60% chance um, yeah. myself. Um, but, you know, if he can keep going the way he is, maybe even bring another championship. I think it's definitely unlikely now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I just think he's a really great guy to have in your organization and he deserves to be there for sure. It's just whether or not he has enough accolades in my mind. Yeah. Um, 
86 percent even as a raptor fan it does feel pretty high i still think he'll get there eventually maybe not as a first ballot hall of famer maybe it may take two maybe three chances for him to get into the hall of fame but you know so like you said six-time all-star one-time all-nba being basically the second best player on a championship team behind Kawhi Leonard like just like for that impact alone just for his Raptor career I just feel like that should be enough to get him to the Hall of Fame I've definitely had many discussions with quite a number of people saying oh he's definitely um doesn't deserve to and I and I get it but at the same time like knowing like maybe it's definitely the bias coming out of me but just like just his impact on the team his impact just for like Canada basketball as well I think he definitely deserves to be there but I definitely um, respect that you have him like a little bit lower. I definitely see what you um, mean by that. Let's go on to the next player here and someone who's honestly relatively young compared to the rest of these um, players um, on this list. We're going to be talking about Damian Lillard and it's not like his Hall of Fame projection, but say if he did retire today, is Damian Lillard a Hall of Famer? Oh, if he retired today. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Um, I think he will get there. Yeah. Um, but today, I'm not quite sure. I don't think so. Especially if I've said no to Carl Lowry, I think I'm going to say no to Damian Lillard if he retired today. He's only a five-time All-Star, five-time NBA. He just doesn't have that championship. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't have that playoff success. I, I, you know, apart from that, that conference finals against the Warriors, um, yeah. you know, there's not much success for him there. So... At yeah. the moment, I'd say no. At the moment, I'd say no. But I think he will get there in the end. Yeah. Okay. So I definitely agree with you here. That's basically what I have here on my notes. I think that he will eventually get there. I mean, by the time his career is finished, let's be honest, he's probably going to be a, a double-digit time all-star, maybe Absolutely. close to double-digit all-NBA, maybe even like top 40 in scoring. So you have no choice but to put him there. But do you think, like, say if he did retire today, do you think, like, just the highlights that he's, like, given to the NBA, like, you know, those game winners and stuff like that, do you think that, like, would sway the voters into kind of, like, voting him in even if he did retire today? Yeah, well, it's interesting that you bring that up. I think, you know, the the, the recency bias, I think, does play a part in Hall of Fame uh, talks when, when people have these conversations. And, I mean, basketball reference, I, I don't know if you mentioned it, but he's at 72%. Already. Yeah, I, yeah, I forgot so, that, but yeah. Um, you know, he's got that. It'll go down in history against the uh, against the Thunder. Um, his walk off shot there, but yeah, it, it helps him. It definitely helps him, and it, it could sway the voters. But for me, doesn't quite do it. Um, yeah, yeah, just doesn't have the success for me. Yeah, I mean, like he's just missed. Honestly, give it like say if he does win a championship next year, I have no problem putting him into the into the Hall of Fame. Well, I like what Portland has done. I think he might have his best opportunity next season. I, yeah. I, th- I definitely don't think it's his fault he hasn't had success. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Portland has, like, especially early in his career, really didn't, like, do him any favors. Um, but this season, man, I mean, bringing in Robert Covington, um, I believe they also brought in um, – I, I know they brought back um, Rodney Hood. I know they brought back Carmelo. Like, is there anyone else? I think I'm, I swear I'm missing like one person that they. Um, yeah, definitely missing someone. They brought in Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jr. Yeah, that's um, another as well. Uh, yeah. And Harry Giles, which will help their uh, their front court oh, there. But yeah. um, they made some good moves. They yeah, really have. Especially last year, if you like remember back to the bubble, especially the playoffs, they went like what seven deep in the playoffs. Yeah. So like, yeah. So they just struggled with their depth. 
They yeah. struggled with their depth. Nurkic and Collins, once they're injured, they didn't have anything to come off the bench at those those spots, um, yeah. which I think they really they fixed it this offseason. So yeah, yeah, um, I'm excited for them. Yeah, definitely excited. And and oh yeah, they also brought in Ennis Cantor back after being uh, yes, one season as well. Of course they did. So yeah, this is probably Dave's best chance. So if he, I mean, if he does win it this year, I wouldn't mind like him in like Hall of Fame consideration. But like you Absolutely. said, missing that that championship probably isn't enough right now. Let's move on to the next person who I'm honestly surprised that this guy has like a lower chance of getting to the Hall of Fame than Damian Lillard. Let's talk about Kyrie Irving. Um, he won a championship, one of the most iconic shots in NBA history. I'm hitting it over Steph Curry in game seven of the 2016 NBA finals. Whether you like him or not now, I mean, there's a lot of like people on like either side of the, the spectrum with Kyrie Irving at, um, at his point in his career. But what do you think? Um, do you think like of his probability chances of him be, at him being sixty four percent? I have here. Are you hot, yeah. cold, or just right? Um, it's probably a little bit biased. I'd say just right. Um, yeah. I, I'm a bit torn on him. He's obviously technically an Australian, um, yeah, born in yeah. Melbourne. Um, I've wait, also got. Wait, quick question: Is he like, if, like, with his eligibility, is he able to play for the Australian national team if he like chooses to? Uh, I'm not I, sure. I, I'm actually not 100 percent sure. I don't think yeah. he. I don't think he is. I think yeah. if he chose to originally, he might have been able to, but I, I think he went yeah. to America, so he's yeah. you know stuck yeah, with them. Sure. But yeah. I've, I've I've got family that goes for Boston, um, so there's a bit of bad blood there, yeah. uh, and I, I'm personally not a fan of some of the decisions he's made uh, in recent mm-hmm. years. But um, you, you can't you can't deny the fact that he's an incredible basketball player. Yeah. Um, I think he's got one of the best handles in the NBA. Um, and it's just really enjoyable to watch him when he's at his best. Yeah. Um, championship, the the shot over Steph Curry um, really helps him. You know, six-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, um, Rookie of the Year, you know. Yeah. Um, he's even got an All-Star MVP, So, yeah. um, which I don't know if they even consider those, but, um, yeah. you know, it's good to have. So I think yeah. you also got 60, gold did you say 64? Yeah, 64%. Yeah, did you say 64? I think yeah. that's probably fair right now. Um, we'll see what he does in Brooklyn, especially if they get uh, James Harden. He could be uh, yeah. up for another championship. If he does, I think he's a lock. Yeah, um, for sure. I think, like, you talked about recency bias with Damian Lillard. If he did retire today, I think a lot of, like, especially, like, those voters would probably look at it as, like, he really just, like, asked, forced his way out of two situations, both in Cleveland and in Boston. Yeah. Got himself to Brooklyn. And I mean, obviously, he hasn't even like played. I think like tw- like twenty games with them. Yet, yeah, like that. So, he has struggled with injury. He he struggles yeah. to be a leader on the court. Yeah. I think, which is one of his biggest weaknesses. Yeah. But at the same time, people do forget what he's done. Yeah, for um, sure. he he has done a lot. Uh, it's just recently he's he's not he's not been up to scratch. But you know, yeah. you, you can't you can't let that go against what he has done. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with you, though. He's just right. I think like. The, those stuff have to come into play, like the rec- the recent stuff. But we can't forget that he is like at his at his peak, a top two NBA point guard in this league. He is just that good of an of a player. Absolutely. And, and hopefully, we get to see it again this year in Brooklyn. So yeah, sixty four percent Kyrie Irving um, um, with the Hall of Fame probability. Let's do a few more here. Um, another player who has been like part of a dynasty in this decade. Honestly, like just because of his accolade, I thought he would have a, a higher percentage chance here. Let's talk about Draymond Green. And if he retired today, you know, he's at a 30% Hall of Fame probability, which Ooh. is 
which is kind of honestly, I don't know about you, it's kind of surprising to me, especially with like yeah. championships, winning Defensive Player of the Year. But what do you think? Yep. Is it is it are you cold? Are you cold, just right, or hot on um, Draymond um, Green? I'm I'm cold on the thirty percent. I think I'm saying that right. I think it's a higher. Yeah, um, so so you're hot. So you think it should be like I'm hot. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it should be higher. Um, yeah. I by no means think he's a lock. I, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I am a Warriors fan, so I don't want to be yeah. biased here. Um, but I think he's just he's such a, a strong-willed player. You know, he's he hasn't got the size that a lot of power forwards have, um, but he just gets it done. You know, um, he he gets it done defensively, and um, you know, I think back to all the jokes about um, triple singles and you know yeah. all that sort of stuff. And obviously, he's come off a a, a pretty poor season. Um, I think that was based yeah. a lot on him just sort of not putting any effort in. But yeah, when he does, sure. he is just an incredible defensive player. He's incredible to watch. As you said, uh, three-time champ, um, defensive player of the year. That that defensive player of the year award really helped him. Yeah. Um, three-time champ, three-time all-star, five-time all-defensive. I think I think when it all comes to the end, I think he may get in. Um, yeah. It'll be tough, but I think he may get in along with, you know, his teammates. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if if you if we just look at um, Steph and Clay, I mean, Steph is definitely a lock. We can we can like we can lock it in. Steph, like even if he retires today, even if you think of Clay Thompson and just like the way like he like has affected the league and the shooting and stuff like that, holding all those records for three point shooting, I even think that he's more of a lock than Draymond Green. But yep, yeah. In my opinion, like I'm like definitely high on this. I think it should be higher than thirty percent. Um, I think it honestly should be closer to like 80, 90% just because of like, like he just doesn't get talked about as much in terms of this Golden State Warriors team. They always are going to look at Steph and Clay because they do all the highlight plays, but Draymond Green definitely just held that whole dynasty together. He was the, like, he's literally one of, like, probably the only guy in the league that can make that, that um, death ball lineup of the Warriors work. And honestly, Absolutely. like, yeah, so like, I honestly think that even at this point, like, if, if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, I would not have like argued with you here. And I think like yeah, Jermon Green definitely deserves like like I said, this basketball reference um percentage thing is kind of iffy at times. So seeing thirty percent inside Draymond Green's name is kind well, of if, Yeah. If if we don't have Draymond Green, I don't think we win three championships. Yeah. I think he, he was that impactful. I don't think, you know, we necessarily don't win, you know, any championships, but he, he wins he helps us win those championships absolutely yeah um yeah for sure and i definitely have to agree with you there like i like for for all the people that hate Jermaine green i'm one of those guys who absolutely love him i love his energy on the court and stuff like that and he was definitely one of those guys on the warriors that like really gave them a lot of character really mm. gave them their identity so yeah and definitely high that's on the thing him. people people yeah. question his character yeah. Um, and people people criticize him for the way he he speaks passion, to his teammates man. and yeah, it's passion. It is. It's passion. Well, um, I, I don't know if you you would have seen it, but um, he had a Bob Myers was talking to James Wiseman after he got drafted. Really? He said, "Look, if if Draymond's yelling at you, don't take yeah. it personally. He's he's yeah. trying to help you out. He's trying to yeah. teach you. So, um, he does. He wants what's best for his teammates, um, even if it doesn't come across the best way sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Draymond Green should definitely be higher on like in terms of like Hall of Fame probability." Let's go with three more here. Um, probably this one's going to sp- probably spark a lot more debate. Like the, the other ones were kind of like closer to Hall of Fame logs. These ones probably has a bit more debate. Let's go. Let's start here. Let's start with Jimmy Butler. And and mm-hmm. I'm very surprised that he's higher than Jamon Green. 43% on basketball reference, his Hall of Fame mm-hmm. probability is. 
Um, definitely like first first time making the finals this year. Had two phenomenal performances in those NBA finals. Multiple time All Star, multiple time All NBA. Are you hot, cold, or just right on his probability chances? Um, what did you say there again? Forty. Forty-three percent. Forty-three. Um, I think that's about fair at this stage. Yeah. Um, if not, I'd probably go a bit closer to fifty. Um, yeah. I think what's hurt. And I wasn't a Jimmy Butler fan until this year. I really wasn't. Um, yeah. But a lot I of think what's hurt him yeah. is his, his lack of success. I mean, he spent a lot of time in Chicago, which, you know, that's tough. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Minnesota, we all know what happened there. Um, Philly, you know, didn't work. Um, yeah. And then he found his way onto this Miami team, which I think is the perfect spot for him. Yeah. Um, and the way he likes to play. Um, I, I really grew a whole, whole new realm of respect for him. Um, and you know, he's, he's a good teammate. It turns out, um, he's yeah. a really good defensive player and he just, you know, he just gets it done. Um, he's not a stats guy. He just gets it done. He wins. Um, and I think if he, if he just like Damian Lillard in a sense, if he can get a championship and uh, a few more accolades, I think he can get in quite easily. Um, yeah. but at this stage, I think he's more of a 50%. Yeah. Um, definitely like, We've talked about it throughout this podcast, recency bias. If he retired today, I mean, people are going to have those long last, like just that lasting memory of like just those two, those two like absolutely bonkers games that he had in the finals. And I mean, I was a fan of Jimmy Butler. Like I just thought like kind of like the same thing with Jeremiah Green. I kind of like, kind of like related to Jimmy Butler in the sense where I think people mistake his, um, like his attitude for just passion. They just want to win. And they just want to do whatever it takes to win, and you you definitely put it right there. I mean, with the Chicago Bulls, like it just they just didn't mesh like the the type of like vision that they had like for like, a championship and stuff. And finally, when he gets to this Miami team, it just finally just all works out. Finally, gets his chance. Although comes comes up short, I think this is like probably the best chance he's ever going to get getting a title with this group of guys. And I think like yeah, at this moment. 50% sounds just about right. Um, I think, like, yeah, just higher than 43% is probably good. But he just needs that championship, maybe a few more All-NBAs and All-Stars, and he'll definitely be a lock for the Hall of Fame. But as of right now, yeah, 50% seems just about right. Two more people here. Um, this one's going to be kind of a, a, a little bit more interesting. Um, let's talk about Derrick Rose. Um, he... It's he's at right now 12% chance according to basketball reference for making the hall of fame, obviously a one-time MVP. Um, obviously those injuries ex- like really did hurt him and kind of a rough few years, but he finally found his like role as a six man in the NBA. Like, what do you think? Like, do you think that somehow some way he'll get into the hall of fame or do you just think like just not, not enough years of greatness? Yeah, I think you hit that description. Um, perfectly there. I think he really found his role as a six man. Yeah. Um, I had him quite highly on my um, awards board for six man of the year. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think he was going to win it, but I, I had him in my top three. Yeah. Um, he's one of those guys that you dislike. Um, him and Clay Thompson, I think, are the two people in the league that everyone dislikes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's a great teammate. He's just a good guy. Um, and he's, you know, he's an incredible player. People forget, you know, he was the youngest MVP. Yeah. Um, at that time, and I, I think he still is. Um, yes, he is. And you know, three-time All-Star, all-time All-NBA, All-Rookie, Rookie of the Year. Um, and if he can, I think 
that percentage is really low for him. I think yeah. if he can, and I, I certainly think he can, if he can win a six man of the year award um, yeah. and really solidify himself as that six man. I mean, he's put up 18 points per game the last two seasons. It's yeah. nothing to, you know, it's nothing to sneeze at. Um, yeah. So I think, I really think he's, he's a chance. Um, if for nothing else than just his, his personality, his, um, what he brings to your team in the yeah. locker room. Um, I think he's, you know, if he can keep going for another few seasons, he's, he's younger than Steph Curry. So he's got I know, time, I, I, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's harsh. I'd put him at more of a 40% chance right now. Um, yeah. And if he can continue it, I, I can see that skyrocketing. Yeah. I really hope he does get out of Detroit, though. I really wish he can like, find Absolutely. his way on, like, some sort of contender. Just so, like... Philadelphia, like, I think, would be good for him. Yeah. Yeah, just something like that. Just to give him a chance at that title. Because if he does have that title, I can... I could definitely put him higher at like maybe like a 70, maybe even 80%. Absolutely. And like just looking at like, like just like the Hall of Famers that are in like the Hall of Fame right now, like he, he would, if he didn't make the Hall of Fame, he would be the only MVP that wouldn't be. I mean, it just, it just feels weird to be completely honest yep. if he wasn't there. And he definitely it's has hard to say this guy was the best player ever in the league. So not ever, sorry, this was yeah. the best player in the league this year. And he's not a whole fan, you know? Yeah, it, just, it, just, it definitely just feels, like, super weird in that aspect. And I just think that he's just, a t- like like you said, a six-man-of-the-year award, honestly, would have, like, would skyrocket his chances just so, like, it, it honestly just proves that he was able to come back. I mean, those, like, ACL injuries, those Achilles injuries were absolutely horrible to watch. Like, I was, like, one of the biggest D-Rose fans when I was younger in, like, elementary school. I was, like, I had his shoes, I had all his gear. And it absolutely broke my heart to see him get injured in the ways that he did. And, and at this point in his career, I mean, like, you're absolutely right. Him and Clay Thompson, you're just those two guys. Maybe even throw Boban Marjanovic at this point in there as well. Yeah, 100%. Like, you just can't hate them. You just absolutely just can't hate them. They're just, like, they, they've just got, like, just like their person, whether it's their personality or whether it's D-Rose's story, you just have to, like, respect what they've, what they've done. And... Yeah, 12% is kind of harsh. At this point, I would maybe put him at like a 30 40% as well. But he just needs a few more years of just like good play at that six-man role. And hopefully throughout that road, he also gets a championship. And we could finally say that he's actually like a Hall of Fame, like a candidate for sure. So yeah, that is Derek Rose at 12%. We have one more person here. And again, another one of your um, Golden State guys, Andre Iguodala, who's right now at a 6%. Um, six um, percent chance at a hall of, at a hall of fame. Um, definitely, like he was really good in his early days in Philadelphia. He was an all-star there. Um, he goes to Golden State. Um, completely changes his role. I mean, this guy was was even before Golden State he, when he was in Denver. He was still kind of like a second or third option. Goes to Golden yeah. State. Completely changes his play style. Um, to like kind of fit the team again. One of those players that just makes the death lineup work for the Golden State Warriors. What do you think? Six percent? I think I have a feeling you're gonna say it's way too low, but do you think like Andre Godala is a Hall of Fame player? Look, I don't I don't think it's way too low. I do think it's too low. Um I certainly don't think he's a lock, but yeah. you you look at Andre Godala, I really I really do enjoy watching him play. Um and you know, whenever I do a you know, a two K sim, I always try and get him on my team because he's just yeah. it's just a player you want on your team, you know? So yeah. You know, you look at his stats, he's he's not really a stats guy since he's come to Golden State. He's now a career 12 point per game, um, you know, four assists, five rebounds. But he's 
you know, that's not who he is. He's a he's yeah. a defensive guy. Um, you know, some people forget he won a Finals MVP for stopping LeBron. Yeah. Um, you don't stop LeBron, um, but he did. You know, you so can, you contain him. So I think I think six percent way too low. Um, he's got the championships. He's got the all. He's got an All Star appearance. He's got the defensive accolades um, and the Finals MVP. I think might end up being what pushes him over the line. Yeah. Um, but for now, I think I'd put him at maybe a 20%, 30%. Yeah. And I think, like, um, I definitely have to agree with you there. I think, like, he actually, like, should be, like, in consideration for Hall of Fame. And you can't, like, look at Andre Iguodala as your typical Hall of Fame candidate. You have to look at him as kind of, like, what has he done, like, in, like, his most successful role. And that is being a role player. I mean, he is a superstar in that role that he's done. I mean, like whether he was coming off the bench or even like just like as that fifth starter, like he just played it exceptionally well and just not a lot of people talk about him like in that role just because, you know, like I said before, Steph and Clay, even like Draymond get a lot more of the headlines, but Andre Godal is there, just holds the team together and was a massive part of those like NBA finals, um, NBA championship um, years. Like, and that, that finals MVP definitely, honestly, what if, if that, if that's what it really came down to, that would probably push him over the top in terms of Hall of Fame candidacy. I mean, although LeBron still averaged 34 points or something like that in those finals, Andre Iguodala contained him. I mean, he w- LeBron easily could have went for over 42. and But Andre Iguodala literally like, did his best on him like against the one-man show. And yeah, he, I think he, although um, he may or may not make the Hall of Fame, I still um, um, think it's too low. 6% is way 6% too low. 6% is too low. Yeah. It's just way too low um, for Iguodala to be um, in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, those are um, the players we discussed. Um, leave your thoughts down below, whether you um, agree or disagree with our thoughts. Um, and yeah, this is a really good podcast. Um, thanks for coming on, Jacob. Um, do you have anything like to say like before we sign off? Like, yeah, no, thanks so much for having me on. It's, um, um, you know, it's really great to talk about. I really enjoyed talking about that Hall of Fame stuff with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, just, um, just encourage everyone to check me out. Um, you know, leave your thoughts with, with all of my work. I'm, I'm always happy to debate. Um, I'm always happy to, you know, read your comments and, and read your messages and, and talk about stuff with you. So, um, yeah, check me out and, and, you know, let me know what you think. Yeah, for sure. I have, I'm going to have all of his links down in the description of this, um, of this video, if you're watching on YouTube and if you're in any of the podcast networks or you've seen just the previews on my Instagram, I'll have his links in my link tree as well. So definitely go check him out. A really cool guy. Um, just check out. He, he also has really good articles on his account. So definitely go check that out. And that is the end of today's episode. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Remember to follow at TV on basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all updates on the podcast and the other, and for other content. Also remember to support all the podcast networks. Remember to support the YouTube, um, subscribe and drop a like. Um, that'd be very much appreciated. Once again, thank you for Jacob for coming on and having this conversation with us. It was a really, really fun conversation. Remember to check him out, trendbasketball.com, to see all of his articles. And also check out his Instagram um, page, trend underscore basketball. I will be back again on Monday with another um, episode regarding news around the NBA and another week of um, episodes um, to check out on YouTube and on the podcast networks as well. So thank you guys for all your support. We have just eclipsed 1800 downloads as well. I really do appreciate all you guys out here and yeah, next week is going to be another jam packed week. So 
Hope you guys have a great rest of the day. Take it easy, guys. Peace.